low hedge. He was shorter than I was. Younger, too. Probably no more than eleven. His straight yellow hair hung in his eyes and straggled down the back of his neck. His glasses were held together with tape, and he wore a faded T-shirt big enough for Dad that said, Minzer's Hardware. If we don't have it, you don't need it. I've been waiting all day for you. The boy frowned as if he expected me to apologize for inconveniencing him. Grandma was sure you'd be here by noon, and it's almost six o'clock. He held up a skinny arm to show me the time on an enormous watch that was way too big for his bony wrist. I'd been trapped in the back seat of an unair-conditioned car for almost two hours. The temperature was over 90. I was hot. I was tired. I was in a really bad mood. I definitely did not feel like being friendly, especially with such a weird-looking kid. My name's Arthur Jenkins, the boy went on. What's yours? Logan Forbes. I glanced over my shoulder hoping to see Mom or Dad beckoning me to come inside and help unpack or something. But no one was in sight. Now, if I'd wanted to stay outside and talk to Arthur Jenkins, you can bet my parents would have been hollering at me to get my butt in the house. How old are you? Arthur asked. Without giving me a chance to answer, he said, I'm almost twelve. Next fall, I'll be in sixth grade at Oakview Middle School. You can't really see any oaks from there because they cut them all down to build a bunch of big expensive houses. Fair Oaks, it's called, in memory of the trees, I guess. Mostly everyone our age lives there. They're all snobs. I turned 13 last month, I said. I'll be in seventh grade, a whole year ahead of you. Arthur shrugged. We can be friends anyway. Living so close, that's propinquity. He paused to see if I knew what propinquity meant. In case I didn't, he added, that means proximity or nearness. Also kinship and similarity in nature. He flashed a crooked grin. I have the biggest vocabulary in my grade. I'm also the best speller and the best reader. I read 503 books for last year's readathon. Not Dr. Seuss either, thick ones, like the Harry Potter books. I want so much free pizza, I don't even like the way it smells anymore. While Arthur bragged, I looked longingly at the house. I could hear Dad hammering, but no one came to the door to call me inside. Arthur pulled a stick of gum out of his pocket. Without offering me any, he stuffed it in his mouth. I watched him chew with lip-smacking relish, blow a big bubble and suck it slowly back inside his mouth. When he was ready to talk again, he said, "'You've got some nice furniture.' Expensive, Grandma says. We watched the moving men carry it in yesterday. How big's your TV screen? I've never seen one that size except in a store down at Peckham Mall. I shrugged and glanced at the house, still hoping someone would rescue me from Arthur. Grandma and I didn't think anybody was ever going to buy old Mrs. Donaldson's place, Arthur went on. It's been empty for almost three years. I guess the real estate company was hoping some folks from out of town like you all would buy it without knowing what happened in it. He paused to blow another bubble. What do you mean? I asked, curious in spite of myself. What happened in our house? He leaned across the hedge, 
his face so close I could smell his gum. Mrs. Donaldson died there. She was murdered. Murdered? I stared at Arthur, shocked. No way. Ask Grandma. She's the one who found her. His eyes widened behind the smeared lenses of his glasses. In a low voice, he went on with what I hoped was a story he'd concocted to scare me. One night, Bear woke up Grandma and me, barking like he'd gone crazy or something. We both kept hoping he'd shut up so we could go back to sleep, but he didn't stop. Finally, Grandma went downstairs and I followed her. Bear was at our back door, making a horrible fuss. Arthur paused and glanced at the dog, who'd raised his head at the mention of his name. Mrs. Donaldson never let him out unless he was on a leash, Arthur went on.